0: So today's podcast is going to be a fun one for me. I'm a fan of both of these groups. Um, You know, at the time I was about 10 or 11 when they came out. And at this time, you know, R&B was starting to shift. There was kind of this infusion with hip hop beats and New Jack Swing was kind of like coming into form and so forth. But yeah, this is going to be a treat, guys. I've, I've been in so many like dinner parties and i've been in so many house parties and this topic always comes up all right it's always who's better boys to men or jodeci and you should see the fights that come out of this <laughs> out of this question <laughs> it's always you know jodeci was the better RB group but boys to men you know they had the grammys and the number one hits and so forth so but yeah guys let's get into it you know let's start with these guys from charlotte north carolina And let's get into Gotta Love. Casey is singing his ass off on this track. He is all over the place, and it sounds like he is like bouncing in and out of that studio with his voice. What's interesting about this track is that what you what you just listened to wasn't released. It's I guess it's like an r and b. It's like a mix edit. The original song, and you can you can go view it on YouTube. I'll have it linked in my transcript. Um the original song there's something missing. It's like a element that's missing. It's it's it sounds too like simplistic. That's like the best like description I can give you guys. But yeah, go go check out the um the original version. But this version, yeah, it kicks it kicks ass. It really does. They sound so good on this. I think I think what made Jodacy so great was that the production was really stellar. It really was. It was really good. There was a shift happening and they embraced it. They embrace New Jack Swing. And Devontae, if you're listening, yeah, you yeah, you put your big toe in the pot on this one. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get into Boys to Men. Let's get into Motown Philly.
1: Boys to Men, ABC, ABD, never skip the beat i was... Mike shine one. You know
0: the Keep again. yeah, that was Motown Philly, yeah, I remember um as a kid, kind of watching them sing and and dance and kind of do wop, and I remember just thinking to myself, hmm okay they're they're kind of like new addition, they're kind of like you know uh the temptations, the four tops they obviously all of them can obviously sing and i remember this thinking okay all right cool what's so interesting is that jodacy came out just a couple months before boys to men jodacy came out in february of 1991 and boys to men came out in april of 1991 the thing is jodacy's first song didn't do that well and so you probably didn't see them on BET and, and VH1 and so forth. Uh, but when Motown Philly came out, like we all knew who they were. And obviously like, like boys and men, they kind of won that round with them. Now in terms of the songs though, I still think God of Love is better than Motown Philly. Something about Motown Philly, it, it felt like, I don't want to say like it was all over the place. It was just, you know, they were singing, they were doo-wopping. Then you got Biv rapping. And, and and I remember just thinking, okay, it's, I like it, but it's, it was something I wish they just would have just sung on this. Something else, you know, the song was produced by Dallas Austin and Dallas Austin, he produced TLC's Ain't Too Proud to Beg and he did What About Your Friends? So they kind of sound similar to that. But yeah, this round, I think Jodeci kind of won that. They both are great songs though. Yeah, they really are. So yeah, let's get into the next set of songs here. Next up is going to be Jodeci's Stay. So yeah, let's check that out. Yeah, that was Jodeci's stay. Yeah, that, again, that's like one of my personal favorites by Jodeci. I'm reading the comments on YouTube about this song. It, they are so fitting. Someone says, you know, JoJo's voice is carrying this song with Casey's, they match so perfectly together. That is, yeah, that is like the perfect example of their voices just kind of meshing together. Someone else says something else. They said that Casey is so theatrical with those performances. He can sing, but it always looked like he was pulling all the air out of his body. Yes, that is so true. I love when singers, it seems like they're, they are taking every ounce of air and just pulling it out to sing the song and KC he exemplified that if you ever saw him like perform live or 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 just oh just singing and just in general it's like goddamn he <laughs> everything is coming out of him when he sings yeah this was a great track yeah let's get into boys to men it's so hard to say goodbye but for-
1: so hard to say goodbye
0: It's so hard to say goodbye. Yeah. Hmm. This one is hard. Um, Because the first time you hear, you just want to cry. Like the first time you hear, you're thinking about someone that passed away. And yeah, this song just evokes so many emotions. It really does. This was the song you played when your grandmother passed away. This was the song you, you played when your husband, your spouse, Anyone that passed away, this was that, this was that song. And it's kind of like a prelude to what's to come from boys to men, right? Like the end of the road, Whitney Houston's, I will always love you. Mariah Carey's one sweet day. If you could sing this song as beautiful as they sing this or this kind of sentiment. Oh, you had a hit on your hands. You really did. I recognize this song because I remember when I was a kid my mother played that movie Coolie high so this this song plays in that film um so yeah this one this was hard because they're, they're 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 very different tracks from each other jodeci Stay is such a love song it's such a hey hey girl stay stay <laughs> this <laughs> and then to play this you know jodeci they they never they, they didn't do this they didn't kind of do the doo-wop type of stuff that they couldn't it's just they they didn't go down that road so yeah i'm gonna give this kind of a tie but i'm I'm gonna say that i'm kind of leaning towards poised men on this one Simply because it's kind of like an acapella, right? It's it's them harmonizing, it's them singing. They remind me of those guys, you know, in the bathroom singing, kind of like on "Lean On Me" when Mr. Clark tells them, you know, your black ass needs to sing. If you don't sing, I'm suspending you. This is that. <laughs> if you could sing this as a as a as a group, then you could sing. So yeah, let's get into the next track, which is Jodeci's forever my lady this is yeah this was the song that yeah if you were having a hard time with your girl this was that song so yeah let's get into it So many black babies were born from this song. This was a masterpiece of R&B music. It really was. If you're in your 20s, your parents, yeah, they made love to this one. Yeah, you were <laughs> you were born from this song. This was a song that, you know, a girl, you know, left her boyfriend's apartment and she was like, I, I, I'm i pregnant. Yeah, yeah, this, <laughs> this was that track it really is you know what it is it's the production on this you know this song was a masterpiece it really was the production was just stellar casey's background vocals was jojo's background vocals the lyrics i was i was reading some of the comments and i went to the lyrics and there's a part where casey says now baby's baby is born healthy and strong yeah you got pregnant after that you did you went home you were like yeah a baby is on the way and and <laughs> everything was like, like hit out of the park on this one. The lyrics were good. The vocals were good. The production was good. Even the I think like, like the music video was good. I think they were like at the beach or something. And if you were a, a black girl listening to this in the nineties, you, yeah, it was one this was now your favorite group and you were thinking there's going to be no one else that's going to top this song no one else I don't care who comes out this is I, I remember I was um, in the car with my mother and I think we were like like coming home and I remember we put up at a light and this song was playing in the car next to us and this black girl this girl was singing her ass off <laughs> She she was belting it out yeah and that speaks to you know the the quality production of this this is so good yeah next track let's get into because i'll be honest with you guys i could talk about this song all day yeah um let's get into boys to men i love the title of this song it's so brazen (laughs) it's called Uh, (laughs) let's get into it
1: share is the same i can tell when i reach uh, down uh. deep inside you show it when you call on my name squeezing you tight and holding you close is all i feel inside although i try to hold in my
0: love that's what i sound like when i get up from my chair uh. Uh. (laughs) yeah i i love this track i remember the first time i saw the title i was just like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) if you were a teenager you could not play this song around your parents what you mean you listening to this turn the shit off Mm -mm. no ma'am turn no Mm -mm. sit your fast ass down you cannot listen to this this is straight up if you have kids in the car i'm about to curse this is yeah we fucking yeah this is that track and i remember yeah i was just like damn they they really went there yeah cool and something else you know what's interesting is that i think what was happening between Boys II Men and Jodeci, okay. Jodeci was kind of like the bad boys of R&B and Boyz II Men were like, they were the guys you, you brought home to your mom and dad. That's like, that's how things were kind of playing out. And I, I think for themselves, they weren't thinking that, but I think if you were watching them on BET and you were like okay, I I see where things are going, but you wasn't like mad about it, right? You were like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I think they needed to like definitely release the song because they didn't want to be like typecast. Like, you know, we're the, we're the good old boys, you know, we're the, we're the ones to kind of put on a tux and make sure our ties are looking well in front of the church and so forth. Um, And I think they needed to do this to kind of show, we're not just these nice guys who can sing these doo-wop songs, but we're also these guys that can make those panties drop. Yeah, they needed to do this. Um, But yeah, it really is a great, it really is a great song. Something else. I was trying to figure out like, who's really singing on the song? Wayne's voice is distinctive enough, but sometimes when Nathan and Sean are singing, you can't really tell. So I said, you know what, let me go to the video and see who's singing so there's a part like around a two minute mark where it sounds like someone is about to nut that's what it sounds like somebody and that is Sean singing and then towards the very end of the song it's Nathan that's singing He kind of puts me in the mindset of um, Teddy Pendergrass. What's that song you did where he's like, turn off the goddamn lights. Turn. Yeah. Turn it off. Like (laughs) he's like going in and that sounded so good. They voices really mesh well on this and they are coming in and out and everyone has a turn. You know, everyone has a turn on this song. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. But in terms of who won this round. Yeah. Jodeci. Yeah. They won it. <laughs> this is so, this song is good, but Jodeci won guys. Yeah. Forever My Lady, even Martin, you know, from the television show, he even kind of picked on this song a little bit, you know, he sung it in that episode and so forth. Um, but yeah both are great songs so yeah let's get into the next track here which is jodeci's come and talk to me again another kind of classic from their first album so yeah let's check it out This was the song that saved your relationship. Yeah, this was that track. Um, yeah, and also, You Probably Got Pregnant Again. Yeah, this was, <laughs> this was that song. Yeah, again, I mean, Jodeci were really on fire. I think, you know, I was, I was reviewing the album on Wikipedia, and I think every song they released from this album went to number one on the R&B charts, with the exception of Gotta Love. And this really speaks to Devante, it really does. It speaks to the production, again, the lyrics, the harmonies, Casey and Jojo, everyone is, it's it's like a slam dunk. You know, and I was reading the comments on YouTube and people were like, I'm still bumping this to this day. Like this song is like, what, 20 plus, oh, no, this song is about 25 years plus. And it still sounds better than what's out right now. Like, it's it's such a classic. It really is. Yeah, I really can't, like, say enough about it. Like, what's not to like about this song? Seriously, like, it, it kind of defined the 90s R&B that was happening in that, I don't want to even say in that time, just in that era. Yeah, it really is. Something else that was happening. You know, as they were releasing these songs, so many of the R&B acts were kind of getting left behind, like Patty, Gladys, The Whispers, Teddy Pendergrass, Alexander O'Neal, um, um, uh, what's her name? So many, you know, um, um, Jody Watley, like all of them that kind of define about like 1985 to like 1992, around that time, we were looking at Jodeci. We were looking at Mary J. Blodge and Tevin Campbell and um who else? Um, we were looking at Guy. We were looking at what Teddy Rowley and Alby Sure and Babyface and Ellie Reed and all these kind of producers who were kind of shaping the sound at that time. And when this album dropped, it was like if you are not on board with this sound, then there's not a chance. It really isn't. Yeah let's get into the next track here from poison man it's called um please don't go yeah this this one by them yeah they they were staying in the game guys they were they were like hey hey hey, hey. yeah i ain't gonna forget about us we're gonna come through so yeah let's check this out please don't go yeah that's what you say when she's yeah she's i'm about to go no you ain't yeah (laughs) sit your heads down somewhere (laughs) yeah i i love this track yeah like but it's interesting um i think when it got released it just didn't get a lot of shine you know sometimes you know we we kind of take for granted during the 90s 90s r&b there was just so many great songs that were like coming out like one after the other and sometimes you know you could have a great song but you could have 10 other artists who are slam dunking it you could have mary j blodge on the charts you could have jodeci tevin campbell babyface um who else was hot Tlc was out um Yeah, and then you had hip-hop kind of infiltrating. You know, it's like, damn, my song can't go to number one because we got 10 other artists who are just as badass as us releasing songs. But yeah, I I love this. I love this track. They all sound good. They really do, especially like Wanye. He's like yearning. And that's something else that's like missing from R&B music, especially now. Like a lot of male singers, they don't yearn. You know what I mean? Like they don't like beg for it. And I think that's a missing element that, you know, our ancestors are kind of looking down on us. Like, I didn't know how to beg You didn't know, you know, you need to get on your knees (laughs) if you want someone to stay. And a lot of artists don't do that. They are like, no, I'm too good for that. I ain't getting on my knees, bruh. Nah, I ain't begging for nobody. <laughs> like, we need to, that needs to return, guys. Yeah, beg for it, man. Like, if you really want it, then, you know, go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's get into, I'm going to let this be the last set of songs, and then I'm going to go to their next album. But yeah, let's get into Jodice's I'm Still Waiting. I'm still waiting. Yeah. Again, they are singing their asses off on this song, especially towards the end. Their voices are, like, intertwining with each other. They're, like, they are harmonizing their asses off. And it's, like, one vocal is going up. One is coming down. Casey is, like, surging. JoJo is... He's almost... You know, there are parts of this, especially towards the end, where it takes me back to high school and our teacher would be like, I need you guys to uh, crescendo. I need you guys to go up. I need you guys to come down. I need whoever has like the highest voice. I need you to, to sing you know falsetto and there's a part where i think it's jojo i'm gonna play it for you guys and it sounds amazing he sounds like an r&b gospel opera singer let me play for you guys that is something else yeah yeah and when he sings um this part right here He sounds amazing on that part, just amazing. He really does, and it makes total sense. Like uh, I kind of I already knew this, but when I went to their Wikipedia page, you know, it stated that Casey and JoJo started off as gospel singers, and you hear it, you hear it come back and forth. You hear all of the ancestors, you really do. You hear the Temptations, Four Tops, you hear New Edition, but they, yeah, those vocals were stellar. Those background vocals were mesmerizing. Jeez. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is taking me back to a place where it's like, yeah, yeah, we need that. If we can get that again, you know, and the thing is, you know, they birth so many groups that came after them, you know, Shy, um, Drew Hill yeah this is the squad this is the group that we emulate and jodeci they exuded that they 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 led the kind of r&b charge of groups at that time so yeah um i love that song i'm still trying to figure what's my favorite song on this album i can't i can't tell it might be this one and it might be um it might be stay. Yeah. I think what it is, you know, KC, he takes command of a song. He's like, Give me the goddamn mic. I'm about to sing my ass off. <laughs> and I love that. So yeah, guys, let's get into the last track here, which is Boys to Men's End of the Road. Oh boy, this this song was like the Titanic of pop songs that came out. And what's 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 interesting is that this song wasn't really on their album. It was on the boomerang soundtrack so yeah let's let's get into end of the road This song was a blockbuster. (laughs) It was a blockbuster of R&B music, pop music. It didn't matter what you listened to. You heard this song that year at some point, you either heard it, um, in a movie, you heard it on a show. I remember when, a different world, when it was ending, um, they were in the, what's the name of the school? What's the name of that school? Hillman the Heming Hall, and it's where Dwayne and and Whitley are like letting everyone know that they are moving. I think I think they moved to Japan or something like that. Dwayne had gotten a great opportunity with his tech company, and so in like one of the last scenes, they start singing the song, and it's so sad. And Patty Labelle is like <laughs> harmonizing. <laughs> And I remember just thinking, yeah, this was a phenomenon. It really was. And it had all of the kind of perfect makings of a great song. It told a great story. It was in a great movie. Um, Everyone has a part, you hear everyone equally. And it's really a testament to what Babyface and Ellie Reed were doing. One thing I always loved about Babyface he knew what your strengths were. He really did. He could kind of look at an artist and say, yeah, I know what kind of song I need to do to really showcase your talent. And once I, you know, sit at this piano and I start writing these lyrics, not only that, but I'm going to put your voice in my head and say, yeah. This is it. This is, yeah, I got something for you guys. And and they, they did that. And th- another thing is, you know, Babyface, he was very good at finding, like, the secret sauce to a singer or a group. Like, he knew that he needed to create, like, these kind of sweeping songs and evoke certain emotions. Especially if you can tap into just the right sentiment. Oh, yeah, Babyface was a master at that. Um, but yeah, this song was huge. It was so huge guys. I wish, I wish so many of you would have been there when this song kind of hit the airwaves and everyone was like, Oh my God, what was that? And it broke, um, so many records. It, it, it mostly broke. I think it was like, like the Beatles or Elvis Presley records of like staying on the charts for like a number of weeks. I think it went on for like 13 weeks. And what's funny is that Whitney, she broke their record like that, like a year later, or even like, like a couple months later with I will always love you. I remember when Whitney went to go get her award, I think it was like song of the year or or track of the year or something like that. And she was like, sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry, boys. I broke you guys record. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Mariah, you know, she got smart. Mariah said. I got a song and they did one sweet day and then they broke Whitney Houston's record, you know? So, and again, guys, like earlier, you know, earlier in the podcast, I said, you know, just because you have a great song, like you've got Whitney, Mariah, Michael, you've got all these heavyweights who are coming out with music. So you, you better get your song out there as fast as you can. Cause if you don't, we're coming through. Yeah, we are going to... There's going to be like a tidal wave if you don't get your shit out there in time. We're going to dominate the charts. It's only 52 weeks, you know, in a year. <laughs> Whitney went on for like like, like 14 weeks. It's like, damn, can I get a shot? No. <laughs> you need to do a better song than me. If you can't, you're about to get steamrolled. <laughs> so but yeah guys let's get into their second albums let's see the first song from i'm gonna start this off with see. first song i'm gonna do i'm gonna do cry for you so yeah let's get into it
1: Close for me girl
0: That was "Cry for You." It took me a while to like this song. I had noticed little differences, little nuances that I wasn't hearing from their first album. The first thing, the production had changed. I I think for me as a fan, I wasn't I wasn't ready for Jodeci to leave that sound that they did on the first album. I was like, I kind of want a part two. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And, and the thing is the the production is not, it's not like shocking, right? It's not like they started doing a completely different sound. It's just that the first album was so good that I, I wanted more of it. Something else I noticed Casey's vocals, they're a tad bit like raspier. And to me, JoJo still kind of sounded the same, but Casey's voice, he started doing more like wailing, you know, kind of like belting it out and coming back down. But yeah, it, it just took me a while to like this song. You know, the probably the best part of this song is at the very end where they're like, baby, I'm begging, baby, I'm begging, begging, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, y'all begging y'all asses off on this one. Um, but yeah, it just took a while to like grow on me. Like I liked it, but it took years after really listening to it. And I was like, okay, I finally like it. Um, but I think it was due to like, I I wanted more forever. My lady, I wanted that production. I wanted those sweeping background vocals. I wanted stay you and I, I I wanted that. I wasn't ready to leave that just yet. So yeah, let's get into the next track. Which again is a titanic of a pop song. It's Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. I'll make love to you. Um, let's see. What's not to like about this song? It really isn't. It's like perfect. I was reading the Wikipedia on this, on this track, and I'm going to read to you what one critic said, and it kind of sums up how I feel and what I thought about it. It says, Gerald Martinez from the new Sunday times noted that the song along with On Bended Knee, tries to recapture the magic of End of the Road. And they come close. Big production numbers with solid hooks that should be flooding our airways for the next few months. Yeah, that's exactly it. Babyface, he knew the secret sauce he really did. He, he was like, I, I I got the song for you guys. We're going to break some records with this. And that's exactly what it did. It tied with Whitney Houston's, I will always love you. You know, and I just said earlier on in the podcast, you know, Whitney was like, ah, I beat you guys a record. And then they came right back and tied it with her. And then they exceeded with um, Mariah Carey's one sweet day. Um, yeah, this was an interesting time. This was when everybody was like, okay, in order for me to have a number one record, I've got to do these big ballads. I've got to do I'll Love You, One Sweet Day, Forever, Run To You. Even Michael did. You Are Not Alone. Celine Dion came bussing through Canada. She had all those big ballads, and this was the secret sauce. If you can tap into that sentiment, you got a Grammy. You get in the gram. You at least get nominated. And Boyz and Men, Babyface, L.A. Reid, they knew that. They knew that, hey, this is, we got to keep doing these type of songs. The only problem with doing these type of songs is that you start to kind of get typecast. And you don't get really creative. It's like the record companies are like, hey, keep cranking them out. Crank those big monster hits out. And if you don't, then you're going to get replaced you're going to yeah we're going to find someone else who can do it better than you um go back to the song you can definitely hear i can't hear his i I can't say his name right now um the one with the with the you know the baritone voice you can really hear him like you can hear him in the background humming and so forth um but yeah it's a great track the thing is it's it's how can i put this they started to go I don't want to say like they went pop. See, that's the thing. Something else that was happening around this time. R&B was becoming pop music. Pop music was becoming R&B music. And so how would you label this? Is this an R&B song or is this a pop song? Or is it both? And I think that worked in terms of like gaining a... a a wider audience, because this song was number one on the R&B charts, pop charts, adult contemporary. It was probably even number one on the country charts. That's just how massive it was. There's nothing not to like about it. It really isn't. Um, Yeah, let's get into the next track, which is Jodeci's Fiendin'. That was fiending. Um I remember the first time I, I saw the title of it, and I was like, one, what does that mean? And then as he's singing, you know, he's kind of making these comparisons to, like, drugs. And me being kind of like a teenager, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's Devante that says, what does he say? Um, you're like the... Like the best chronic I've ever had. And you're know, like the highest, high <laughs> and I remember this thinking, okay. Um, that's, that's cool. I guess <laughs> I, was, I think what it was, you know, I was a teenager, so I wasn't smoking back then, you know, I can't speak for now, but definitely back then, yeah, I wasn't smoking, but I, I, I actually kind of liked this song more than cry for you. Um, especially when it came to like the background vocals, it sounded like, yeah, it sounded like, you know, that, that, that group that hung out in the hallways and they're just singing and they're like clapping. And yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I like this track. Um, one thing I did not like about this track, I'm going to play it for you guys. Yeah. Like I wasn't a fan of that. That reminded me of computer love, you know, um, Zapp and Roger's computer love. Sounds like it's a computer kind of singing to you. I wasn't a fan of that. I think it kind of like took away from the song. I got the vibe that, you know, it was different and and so forth. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I wanted that aspect removed. It didn't like make it horrible, but it just. It didn't It didn't do anything for me as I was listening to that kind of come in and out. Um, but overall, yeah, I like the track, but yeah, I can't. I and, you know, someone else who kind of like populated that, that was Teddy Rowley when he was working with not so much Guy, but I think like, was it Blackstreet? He did some of that. Every time I heard it, I used to like cringe a little bit. But yeah, let's into the next track which is Boys demands on Bended Knee That was On Bended Knee. I think I like this song more than I'll Make Love to You. There's something very kind of simple, and then it has a great build-up, like, towards the middle, towards the end. The song was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, we all kind of know who that is. Um, They're the famous producers who work with Janet Jackson and, and... sounds of blackness and several other um amazing rb singers over the years but yeah this song like again like what's not to like about it um but again you know jimmy jam and terry lewis they probably did the same thing babyface did when he when he did end of the road and they were probably thinking you know let's 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 write a song for them that really showcases their voice and they did exactly that the song went on for six weeks at number one and oddly enough they knocked themselves out of the charts i'll make love to you was going for several weeks at number one and when they released this song it knocked it out of the um uh, out of the charts and the last group to ever really do that was the beatles if you bought this album at the time you probably were thinking, okay, this is probably gonna be the only two songs they're going to release. I think Motown said, you know what? Um, obviously these are the best tracks on the album. But not to say that the other songs on the album weren't good, it just weren't as great as these songs. Like Motown probably knew that these songs were going to go to number one, and they probably didn't want anything else to kind of taint the album. And definitely not like isolate the pop adult contemporary sound that audience they didn't want to isolate them with you know all that bebop and you know the uh, motown philly kind of sound that came out so yeah let's get into the last track that i'm going to play for you guys off Jodice's second album which is what about us That was What About Us. Yeah, I love this track. I think what's interesting is that um JoJo, he kind of takes the lead on this track. I was watching a YouTube video where Casey and Jojo are talking about Joe and Jojo was, was saying that he always kind of felt like overshadowed by Casey. Like he didn't <laughs> he didn't want Casey. <laughs> He didn't want Casey to kind of like always have like the limelight, you know, because like, like I mentioned before, you know, KC, he has an amazing voice and. He's how can I cannot put it, he's kind of dominating as kind of like the lead vocalist, you know, for Jodice and so forth. And this is not to say that JoJo can't sing. It's just that Casey knows how to wail. He knows how to. I was reading the comments and somebody said that, um, nobody does, you know, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like nobody does that better than KC, And it's so true. KC, he, he knows how to come on a track and he will light that ass up. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's a, it's a great song. I always love, uh, what about us? I think my favorite line is probably kind of like the chorus is like, I'm in need of love and baby you're in need of love, you know? So what about us? You know, it's such a great lyric. The song, the song did okay on the charts. It got to number 14 on the R and B charts and so forth. Um, something else, you know, this is kind of like their third single. From the album, but there was another track that Jodeci did. For some reason, they did not include it on the album. That's the song "Lately" by Stevie Wonder. I'm gonna play a little bit of it, and actually, the live version is better than the studio version. They did the song for MTV's Unplugged. So yeah, let me play a little bit of that.
1: Was sleeping, I vaguely heard you whisper someone's name, but uh, when I asked.
0: was lately yeah i have no idea why they didn't include that track on the album it's an amazing it's an amazing track i i've always loved that song by stevie wonder it's one of those songs that yeah that can yeah make you cry and it'll make you think about that person <laughs> It just has that type of sentiment behind it but yeah why wasn't it on the album that's crazy how you have this amazing track and for whatever reason you're like you know what it's just a bonus like, what do you mean a bonus? It should have been on the album. I was reading uh, Wikipedia, and they were saying that it was kind of like a rebuttal to Boys to Men's End of the Road. I can see that. Yeah, but again, like, why wasn't it on the album? You know, if I ever get a chance to interview them, I'm going to ask them that. And they'll probably be like, oh, did we just wanted to do, you know, build some excitement, you know, build some momentum you know, for the upcoming album and so forth, which is fine. But if you have a great track like that, guys, don't 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 leave it off the album. (laughs) Put it on the album. You know, that makes no sense to me. But anyway, the song got to number one on the R&B charts and then it got to number four on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. Um, but yeah, let's wrap this up um, Let's get into Boyz to Men's last track From their second album Which is Water One's Dry
1: Cause everybody knows That we're both torn apart Why do we hurt each other? Why do we push love away Let's go
0: that was water runs dry let's see uh i wasn't a fan of the song but before i get into that you know the song was written and produced by babyface and i was looking at when the song was released so the song was released in april of 2005 and Babyface, you know, not to kind of get into his personal business, but he was going through a divorce. His wife, Tracy Edmonds, she filed for divorce in January. And now, like, kind of putting the timeline together makes makes total sense. Like, he was kind of going through a divorce. And I would imagine how he was feeling was kind of coming through on this song right like let's not wait till the water runs dry um and it's such a like sharp difference from i'll make love to you to water runs dry it's like hey i'm looking to make love to you love you and then in just a flash we're now getting divorced like damn you know um if i ever got to interview him i would i would ask him you know was that Was what you were going through, did that come out? Did that come out in the lyrics in what you were feeling and so forth? Um, but yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. I think because it just, it just felt so sad. It just felt so kind of dreaded. (laughs) The music video is amazing though. Like at that time, you know, you could see how the record labels had a budget (laughs) for R&B singers and albums and so forth. These days, you you may get a video. You know, you better you know take your iPhone camera and shoot on the streets of Atlanta or New York or Brooklyn somewhere. But you're not gonna get this quality. Yeah, Uh, I think the video was shot in New Mexico, like on the sands. Oh God, it looks so amazing. It really does. Um, but yeah, I was not a fan. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just. I think, I think because it just sounded so simple. It didn't really take me anywhere. There were like no valley peaks. There were no, it just kind of, I don't know. I, I wonder if the song was just a straight acapella of this, of them just singing would have, would have resonated more. Um, it's not a horrible track. It just didn't move me. Like I was moved on the other two singles that got released. But, yeah, guys, that's it for the second matchup. So, let's get into their third album. Um, and this will be the last album that I kind of talk about from both groups. So, yeah, let's get into Jodice's um, Freak You. freaking you yeah yeah i like this track but i remember as a teenager i was like am i supposed to be watching this <laughs> like if the video was i just remember the video being very kind of explicit and i was like okay all right i mean i, I get with it um it, it, and even you know the first line um of the song kind of like takes you by surprise it's like you know every time i close my eyes I wake up feeling so horny, and I was like, well, damn, yeah. (laughs) got straight to the point. (laughs) Um, But I remember thinking, like, something gave me the impression that the whole album was going to be like this. I said, you know, this is the first song out, so the whole album is going to be about, you know, just fucking, that's it. (laughs) It's not going to take me any other place other than the bedroom. But yeah, other than that, it's a it's a really good track. You know, I was reading what the critics were saying about the album, the show, the after party, the hotel. The critics were saying, you know, the group has the vocal harmonies. You know, the production is okay, but it was saying that the lyrics lacked like like maturity, and and and, and so it kind of take away from Jodeci's authenticity. Yeah, that kind of rang true for me too. I was like, okay. I get it, right? This is your freak album, but you kind of had songs that kind of already kind of touched on the the, the sex appeal, I suppose. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I I I. I hmm. You know when when R and B artists kind of get into their I don't know you know I guess like they're sexy. It's a thin line between being like sexy, romantic, and just straight up like freak. Like you just, (laughs) you're just a freak, you know. And I think what was missing, like if you listen to their first album and then you kind of jump into this, you're kind of like, I kind of want the first album. Like you don't have to be so explicit. You don't have to be so raunchy and yeah there's like there's a time and a place for that but but that's not all i want to listen to right i don't want to hear about how you're having these orgies i don't want to hear about how you know you're on the road and you're sleeping with all these holes (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's okay to kind of you know spread out some of the topics that you want to talk about you know even even if it's just just about love or being in love or falling out of love or or something um but yeah, I I back to the track. I, I I love it, but I was hoping that this wouldn't be all that they talked about. You know, the title of the album is you know the show, the after party, and it's like, I think you guys are gonna talk about that that after party <laughs> in the hotel. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into the next track. Uh, the next track is Boy II Men's Four Seasons of Loneliness. Somebody. that was four seasons of loneliness um yeah i think the reason i did not like this song is because it reminded me of water runs dry um there is some build up in the song like it does kind of take me some places um but for the most part yeah you know what it is you know uh, i mentioned earlier in the podcast you know boys and men baby face jimmy jam and terry lewis they knew what the secret sauce was it was just you know sometimes it's just hard to catch that 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 lightning um it's just hard to catch that and throw it to a song right either you're you're kind of giving it or you can kind of write it you know but sometimes you just don't always catch the magic on a track this song um it got to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts and it got to like number two on the R&B charts. Um, yeah, for this album, it just didn't take us there. Not as much as not not as much as like the second album and so forth. Um, and the song, you know, it's not horrible. It's a it's actually a great song. It's just it just doesn't move us like end of the road or One Sweet Day, just did not have that huge kind of grandstanding, those huge pop ballads that we were used to. And I think a couple of things were happening with Motown and something else was happening. I'm going to, I'm going to touch upon it at the end of this podcast. I'm going to talk about why this album didn't really do that well and what was happening in, in music in general especially for like boy bands and and groups and so forth but yeah this song it just didn't kind of take me anywhere i don't hate it but at the same time i don't really like it yeah (laughs) and usually i can kind of break down but it just didn't just didn't resonate with me yeah um but yeah let's get into jodeci's love you for life let's check that out Love you for life. Yeah, I love this track. Casey and Jojo's vocals. Yeah, they sound so good on this. And again, their vocals are starting to get a little bit raspier. But I kind of, I liked it though. It wasn't, it wasn't like a deterrent for me. But yeah, the song, it did, it did okay on the charts. It got to number eight on the R&B slash hip hop singles and tracks list, which is kind of interesting as I'm kind of going back and forth, looking at the charts, they somewhere billboard changed it. It wasn't always R&B hip hop. It was just R&B. And I'm going to talk about that in another podcast because something about that just didn't sit right with me. <laughs> I was just like something is happening and no one is making a big fuss about it. You started to see kind of this infusion with hip hop, with R&B music. And then there was another layer to it. It was like pop and R&B were one and the same. And you were then competing with hip hop artists for the number one song, you know, and then, yeah, it's so many layers to that. It really is. But back to the track. Yeah. I, I love this track. I really do. Um, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Let's get into the next track, which is "Boys to Men's A Song From Mama. In a way, they kind of cheated, right? Like this song was on the Soul Food soundtrack. (laughs) But I think the timeline, it was so close to the release of their third album that they decided to kind of include it on the album. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, let's get into it and let's check it out.
1: anything and no one else can do what you've done for me you'll always
0: Song for Mama, yeah, that was in the Soul Food soundtrack. Again, it was written and produced by Babyface. Again, you know, Babyface, he's so good at at bringing that sentiment out of an artist, and his his masterful. It's there's, you know, there's a talent to doing that. That. <laughs> And, and and something else, I'm going to talk about Babyface. Babyface was on this streak that is, I don't think anyone has had the massive streak of R&B hits that Babyface did just in the 90s. I can't even get into the 80s or the 2000s, like just the 90s, guys. Babyface was bad ass. He really was. He deserved every Grammy, every award, every everything. He deserved it. Um, it's almost like alien-like to have that string of hits, you know, I don't know, because he's Aries or something, he's just, that's, that's amazing to have that many hits back to back, back to back. That's crazy. But this song, yeah, this song is perfect for Mother's Day. Perfect. This is the song you play. Yeah. If you're into R and B music, this is a song you play for your mama. If you're into hip hop music, you play the other song by Tupac where he talks about his mama. Yeah. This is that track is either you play this or you play it at their funeral. You know, like it it can, it can, (laughs) it can play in both parts, both holidays, (laughs) both celebrations. Um, But yeah, the song went to number one on the R&B charts, and it got to number seven on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 charts. Um, But yeah, it's a great track. It's sentimental. Like I said, it's it's for your mama. Yeah. But yeah, let's get into the last song I'm going to play for Joe to sing. Let's get into Get On Up. Yeah, let's check that out. Get on up, yeah! I love this song. It feels old school. It feels like you're at a family reunion, and you put this song. It just gets everybody in such a great mood. It feels like summertime. You know, you're playing spades with your cousin. You know, they're talking mad shit because <laughs> <laughs> you're reneging. You <laughs> know that's that's like the memory i have associated with this it feels like a cookout yeah it feels like you and your family are hanging out everybody's having barbecue mac and cheese bake mac and cheese and you know (laughs) fried chicken yeah that's what it feels like as i was listening to the song and i was getting ready to review it i was also thinking about anthony hamilton he would have tore this song up he's like what's missing but you know he wouldn't come out until years later but it has that kind of folksy summertime barbecue vibe. And I love it. I really do. I wanted them to do not so much something like this, this kind of came out of nowhere. If you think about it, it really doesn't fit with the rest of the album. Cause after this track, it sounds like it's Devante or someone else is trying to like hook up with someone. <laughs> it's like an interlude after this song, which I thought was kind of strange. Um but yeah, I love this song. I really do. It's so different from all the other songs they've done in the past. And I wanted Joe to kind of just mix it up a bit. And this was perfect. This was exactly what I wanted to see from them. Um, it's not always about, you know, orgies and the after party and then the late show and then the after party after that you know <laughs> like it's okay guys like go back to your old neighborhoods and jam and clap and you know pull out a box of popeyes and hang out and smoke you know that's what i kind of wanted from them uh but yeah like i said overall great track i really love it yeah let's get into the last song i'm going to play from boys to men from the evolution album um and it really is kind of unfair yeah because boys and men they only released like three or four songs so the first two songs were good i already played that in the podcast but the last two songs they didn't go anywhere guys i feel bad i really do they did that song with diddy what's the name of that song that they did i'm gonna play it um but it just didn't do well um let's see what is the next song? See, I can't even decide which should be the last song from them because they, they both didn't do well. Yeah, that's uh, "Can't Let Her Go" and doing just fine. They both sucked. I hate to say it. They, they, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna talk about that. Um, but yeah, let's get into the last song I'm going to play from Boyz II Men's Evolution album. They did, um two songs at the end they did can't let her go and doing just fine um i'm going to play can't let her go and then i'm going to kind of wrap up this podcast and tell you guys who i think won um this contest between voiceman and Jodice. so yeah let's get into it she got me open all the time. can't let her go yeah um yeah this was one of the last tracks that was released from the um evolution album and it just didn't do well yeah radio was not really feeling this too much even R and B radio stations weren't really feeling it too much um i don't think i've ever heard it on the radio i do remember watching the video and i remember just thinking oh okay they're kind of doing I don't want to say like it was a tribute to New Edition, but if you watched the video, you know all of the members are dancing, and you know they're they're they're. It looks like they're practicing, like their choreography, like to go on tour and so forth. And they're sweaty, and you know for the first time you're kind of seeing the band members like sweaty and sexy, and you know um, the kind of hype Williams visuals that you get. But for myself, yeah, I didn't really I didn't really like care for the song. It didn't really like take me anywhere. And the song was produced by, you know, at the time, you know, it wasn't Diddy, it was Puffy. <laughs> Puff Daddy, it was Sean, Puff Daddy Combs. And he kinda added his his spin to it, his production to it, but it just didn't yeah, something was off. Something was not resonating. You know, if you think about it, you know, Boys to Men—they've never really done up-tempo songs. I mean, they have, but it, 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 yeah, it just never really resonated. Um, most of us kind of know Boys to Men for their their songs for these sweeping ballads and so forth. Um, but yeah, let's get into this wrap up. Let's let's talk about who won this um yeah i'm gonna take a small break and then i'm gonna get into it so yeah let's get into this wrap-up um let's see who won (laughs) Who do you guys think won (laughs) remember my podcast is about r&b music you know so um yeah to kind of wrap this up yeah jodeci won yeah they did um and this is not to say that voice men is not an r&b group they were obviously it's just that I think once Boyz and Men knew what the secret sauce was, they were like, Yeah, we're going pop. Yeah, we're going adult contemporary. That's where the money was. Something else, I remember when Boys and Men did their second album. Um every year I used to always look at like the Forbes, like top like top ten entertainers. And on this list, guys, it was always Oprah, Steven Spielberg sometimes whitney sometimes michael but for the first time it was like an r&b group and it was boys to men i think they made like 40 million dollars it was somewhere up there i remember because i was just like i've never seen an r&b group other than the like mega superstars on there um and you know you're making money if you are like in the top five with oprah you know um but yeah, they went pop. And it's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with going pop and going mainstream and so forth. I would never take that away from them. Yeah, but but I think in terms of R&B, yeah, Jodeci, all the way. But the thing was, Boyz II Men was capable of doing the songs that Jodeci did. They just chose not to do it because they knew that they would make more money <laughs> as a pop group. But, you know, it's weird, though. Like, first album... Did good. Second album did even better. It was a mega blockbuster. Third album, uh, they kind of slipped on a banana pill. Yeah, it was just not resonating. They had lost some of that secret sauce that they had. And that's okay. I mean I mean, you always can't hit it out of the park all the time. But something else was happening, guys. Okay, this is yeah, this is gonna be interesting so you know every generation you know a group comes out right like there's the beatles there's the Jackson five but i think like starting with the jackson five the record labels were like okay how can we recreate this and i think they came out like with the osmonds and then in the 80s when new edition came out the record companies did the same thing they came out with new kids on the block and so you know history has a way of repeating itself and so in the 90s when boys and men were taking off and having all these blockbuster big hits, the record company said, okay, we're about to do it again. And all we need to do is find four cute or five white guys that can sing, that can harmonize. And we need to just, you know, repeat the process. And that's exactly what they did. Um, Black Street Boys in Zinc, 98 Degrees, all for one. Yeah, there was a slew of white bands, racially ambiguous bands um, that competed against Boyz II Men, not against Jodeci. Jodeci was a, was, was straight black. They were urban, they were R and B and hip hop. Boys and Men um, were, were the target. And so, especially with NSYNC, I remember when I was in high school, everyone loved Boyz II Men. And then when N-Zinc came out, guys, and bye-bye-bye, like, when that <laughs> when that song came out, guys, boys and men, like, just disappeared. They just kind of faded out. And N-Zinc, I think, like, when they got to their, like, their second or their third album, and they sold, like, two million copies out of the gate. That was unheard of. Even Michael Jackson wasn't doing those type of numbers, but I remember just thinking, yeah, history is just repeating itself. And then it didn't help that Boyz II Men was having problems with Motown. And I think I think because Motown was merging with, uh, I forgot who it was, I think it was MCA Records or one of those other big conglomerates and so forth. Um, but yeah, yeah Boyz II Men, man, they got swept up, you know, and there were other bands out there, right? There was Spice Girls um TLC you know unfortunately left eye she passed away and you know then kind of destiny child emerged and so forth but in terms of just kind of boy bands yeah boys and men went from first to like seventh within like three to five years in terms of like who who were you listening to but back to this topic um but yeah Jodeci they won yeah Jodeci was was R&B all the way and they they it's so interesting, you know, when they kind of disbanded and it was just Casey and Jojo, you know, they did a couple of albums and they had some big hits. I forgot that song, it'll come to me. uh I think it was called All My Life. Yeah. All My Life was a big hit for them. And um they kind of like continued on and and, and so forth. Why neither one of them did a solo album is beyond me. If I ever interviewed them, I would ask that question. Um, but yeah, Jodeci won this, guys. Yeah, they won it. Yeah, Square and Fair. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was such a great time in the 90s. You had all these amazing bands. Yeah, Boys to Men. You had Jodeci. You had Shy. Who else we had at that time? You had H-Town. You had Drew Hill. Yeah, you had all these amazing bands who were all kicking ass in the 90s. And if you think about it, like right now, there are like no R&B bands. I can't think of any. Can't count. What is that group? BTS? <laughs> you can't count them. <laughs> I don't even I don't think I've even heard a BTS song on the radio, but there's no one out. I can't think of anyone at the top of my head. There are no boy bands. There are no girl bands. When are we going to get that last Destiny Child's album? That's crazy. Um. But yeah, guys, that's it. That's my wrap up for this podcast. I know it's long. Thank you for sticking with me. You may have to listen to the first hour and then come back, (laughs) listen to the second hour. Uh, but yeah, this has been so much fun. I hope you guys enjoy your week or your weekend again. Don't let them stress you out too much and go off and be great. Yeah. Till next time. Have a good one. Bye.